We are so happy to have Dr. Kenrick Momberg in the studio with us today. Dr. Momberg's specialty is family medicine, and he works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Good morning, Dr. Momberg. Good morning, Lori. Thanks for having me here. Have to say, no, I'm not. This isn't new. This is actually my second time here, but it was about eight years ago. So. Back when Rick Holm uh, recruited me. Back with Dr. Holm. Yes, excellent. Well, we're glad to have you back today. Thanks for being up for doing this today. How long have you been in Brookings now, Dr. Momberg? Uh, just over eight years now. Uh, that's actually why Rick uh, caught me uh, right after I came here and said, hey, do you want to try this out? And so I did. Uh, but we came here in July of 2014. All right, very good. And you came with little tiny girls, and now they're growing up. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, they're one of the big reasons we came out here is uh, we heard Brookings was a great place to have uh, kids, and it has turned out to be true. It's great uh, to have all the opportunities for them here. I agree. It is a really wonderful community to raise raise a family, for sure. Now, as I recall, you had a rather interesting journey to medicine. Tell us about that. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I back when I was probably five or six, I did, wanted to be a doctor, and then that kind of went by the wayside, uh, and by the time I was a teenager, I was looking at the Air Force. Uh, I went in the Air Force. Uh, I First off, I started off on the East Coast. I was born in D.C., raised in the suburbs there, and came to the, uh, I went in the Air Force uh, in 1981 uh, as a second lieutenant, uh, went to pilot training, did not complete pilot, tra finish pilot training, but I went off to navigator school, became a navigator in KC-135s, and got stationed to this base out in the middle of nowhere called Ellsworth Air Force Base, South Dakota. Ah. Came to South Dakota, prepared to hate uh, it and that was in 1983 and uh, obviously things changed uh, spent uh, 13 years in the Air Force got downsized in the 90s went back to school got a nursing degree uh, decided I was not going to be happy just as a nurse so I went back and did my medical degree both of those at University of North Dakota went to Wyoming for residency and came out here uh, in 2007 to a tiny town uh, called Mobridge, South Dakota. And uh, as a bachelor, prepared to be a bachelor for the rest of my life and probably would still be there except uh, that God had other plans. And I met my wife there uh, within six months of being there. We got married, had two little girls and started looking at places which were better for raising girls. And here we are in Brookings. And here you are. That is quite the journey. That is quite the journey. Yes. One day I'll figure out what I want to do when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that you said you thought you were thinking about medicine maybe and being a doctor as a kid when you were five or six. And here you are back. We got to trust those those yes. instincts as, our, as we're in childhood, huh? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's good. So now you've been practicing medicine for... 14, about 15 years now. Yeah, and uh, you've seen a lot of changes, I'm sure, as well in that amount of time. Right. Uh, lots of things have changed, and, of course, medicine has gotten more and more complicated, more and more uh, interesting. Uh, and actually, that was one of the things I was going to bring up, so I will sneak in a, a quick talk and say healthcare has gotten more expensive. Mm, right. Uh, and back in the year after I was born, I was born in 1959, 1960, medicine cost 5% of the gross domestic product. So one one, five cents, nickel out of every dollar went to medicine. Every dollar earned in the United States, nickel went to medicine. By 1990, 
30 years later, it had raised up and was 7% higher at 12.1%. So dime and a couple pennies. <clears throat> By 2020, the last year for which I can find references, 19, another 7% plus, so 19.7%. So almost 20 cents mm-hmm. of every health, every, every dollar that we earn as a nation goes to healthcare. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. Uh, so from a national standpoint, that's a very big uh, pressure on us. And a lot of that is for very complicated medicines, very uh, expensive things. Uh, and a lot of it is preventable. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, if I can sneak into that. Yeah, let's do that. But before we do that, we're going to take our first break. And then we'll talk about all those things that we can do to keep ourselves healthy. I love that. Thanks. Dr. Malmberg, we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and today we have Dr. Kenrick Malmberg here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. For the break, Dr. Malmberg was... Uh, introducing himself on the radio here. It was fun to hear about his history uh, and how he ended up practicing medicine and ended up here in Brookings. We're happy to have him here. And he was telling us about how medicine has been changing uh, in the last several years. And uh, he wants to talk about the importance of staying healthy and doing what we can to prevent those expensive things that might happen down the road. That's right, Laura. And not only is it important from a cost standpoint, but it's also health, important from a personal standpoint. Uh, the healthier we are, the more we can do the things that we really want to do, uh, being a, uh, living rather than just staying alive. Mm. But uh, it's kind of hard to sometimes measure that. So I'm going to be talking about a, a lot about staying alive and the, the research that's been done on how to do that. And I wanted to start in by commenting that the year is fast coming to an end and we're coming up on that favorite time of year new year's uh, eve when we can make all these wonderful resolutions and then break them the very next day <laughs> hopefully i have some suggestions for resolutions that we can make and keep uh, now every doctor every primary care physician hopefully when their patients come into them talk to them a bit about diet and exercise uh, and i want to talk about that but i first want to mention i'm not talking about weight loss Um, Weight loss is difficult, Uh, it is a challenge, and it's a resolution that a lot of people make. I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year, I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year. I don't want you to make that resolution. Instead, what we'd like to ask you to resolve is I'm going to make these changes in my lifestyle. And if the weight loss follows, great. If it doesn't, you will still be much healthier. Mm. Yeah, and just feel better overall. Right. So I mentioned diet and exercise. I'm going to start with exercise and comment how much uh, does this make a difference and how much do you have to do? Uh, Well, we all have all these wonderful guidelines, 150 minutes a day of uh, moderate exercise, uh, excuse me, 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise, 90 minutes a week of uh, vigorous. Let's step down a little bit. If you're 85 years of age or older, and we may actually have one or two people that are listening that are there, (laughs) uh, the... Uh, There's a study that was published in Science Daily back in August saying that walking 10 minutes a day leads to longer lives, 40% lower risk of death uh, within the next couple years afterwards if you are walking 10 minutes a day. That's a pretty significant 
decrease. Uh, and that's not a whole lot of exercise. That's uh, just over an hour a week. Uh, the uh, What if you're sick? You, you go, well, I can't do that. I can't do exercise. Uh, physical activity helps illness. Uh, Parkinson's disease, another study, and I can't quote the cite the reference right off, decreased death rates for people who stayed active during Parkinson's. Uh, decreased uh, immobility, all sorts of benefits from there. Uh, doesn't have to be something major like that. How about anybody out there with migraines? Uh, exercise can reduce migraines. In fact, it was shown to be reduce uh, the occurrence of migraines better than most medicines. Mm. So if you're on Topamax, if you're on amitriptyline, the uh, exercise actually beat those medicines in a randomized controlled trial. So we're looking at a fairly big uh, thing here. This was not published in a journal of sports medicine. It was actually the 13 October Journal of Headache and Pain. Uh, they even said, you know, now obviously if you're in the middle of a migraine, uh, going out and trying to uh, run is probably not the greatest thing in the world. But uh, exercising, doing moderate exercise, even on days when you're not feeling as good, may help you out. I like how you um, tie in the fact that even if you maybe aren't feeling your best, maybe you have headaches, maybe you're sick with something, even then, even if you don't really feel like exercising, it is good to get a little movement in and those things can go together. Because if you don't, you might just get worse, right? So that little bit of movement might be exactly what you need to help feel better. But I, I know when you're not feeling well, that's really hard to do sometimes. Right. And that works from both a physical standpoint and a mental standpoint. Mm -hmm. uh, that a lot of times when we're feeling bad, when we don't feel our top of our form, we just want to go curl up in the corner uh, wrap a blanket around ourselves and not do anything. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting that the people out there right now who have influenza, which is unfortunately running around town, uh, that they go running around town uh, right. trying to put in the laps. But even some movement will help you feel better and it will help improve your mood. Um, going out and doing stuff rather than just sitting there and going, well, uh, I am feeling bad. What was me? Uh, that's not going to make you feel better. And and if you're in that situation where, you know, you're just not sure what to do, nothing really sounds like a good idea to you, maybe having that conversation with your physician or primary care doc to understand uh, what might be safe for you, what might be a good starting point. And, you know, I see so there's so many options out there when it comes to exercise, right? I, I see things where there's opportunities to go walk laps different places there's opportunities to do chair yoga uh different you know there's different ways you can kind of ease into things i love what you said about a 10 minute walk you know just getting outside going going down the block and back uh some simple simple little things might be where we need to start and maybe maybe a conversation with your primary care doc is is where to explore some of those opportunities right and it doesn't always have to be the doctor you can certainly uh, if you have a physical therapist ask them what's going on talk to athletic trainers um, you know if you have a relative in the nursing home even talking to the folks there about what opportunities are available I know uh, one of the churches around here has chair yoga that they uh, have uh, for senior citizens uh, to allow them the opportunity to exercise and socialize a little bit too now, sometimes that's scary, Dr. Malmberg. If you haven't been to the gym before, if you haven't gone to these classes before, it's it's 
it can be intimidating for some of us. What what do you have to say about that? It can be intimidating, and I certainly, when I talk about getting into exercise, I want to emphasize, put your foot in. Uh, this is not go off the high dive uh, into the deep well uh, right off the bat. This is uh, wade in from the shallow end, uh, start doing something, uh, and slowly work your way into it. If you haven't been exercising at all, uh, going out for a walk around the block and seeing how you feel afterwards is probably okay. If you are... Um, a very healthy individual uh, trying to bump it up a little bit won't hurt. Uh, but I remember 40, no, 30 years ago uh, deciding I was pretty out of shape and I said, I need to do something. Now, this is 30 years ago. I could not even begin to do this today, but I went out and I ran two miles and then I hit the gym for about half an hour and then I did a bunch of stretches. And the next morning, I woke up and couldn't move. Yes. <laughs> so we don't want you doing that because I, my uh, resolution at that point was, I'm never going to do this again. Mm. And so I didn't get back into exercising. Whereas if I'd gone out and just gone, well, I'm just going to do a, uh, maybe a quarter mile or a half mile run and maybe a couple push-ups, I would probably still be exercising uh, as much as I was doing five years before that. Yeah, and I think... It's also good to remember that everyone going to a class or going out doing their exercises is just doing it kind of for themselves and no one's actually paying attention to other people. <laughs> like, you don't have to worry about it. Just do your thing and if you need to take it a little slower or um, not do as intensive movement, there's right. options for that. And you don't need to go to the gym. You don't need to, and especially... Um, I don't need to, uh, at 63 years old, I do not need to go to the um, the gym at SDSU and work out right next to all the uh, football players and basketball players. Uh, I can take a walk around my neighborhood. You might not neighborhood. keep up with them, huh? <laughs> you might not? <laughs> they might not keep up with me. No, I'm <laughs> no right. we, that's definitely true. We don't want to, we don't want to intimidate people. Uh, we want to get people in, moving in and getting better on your own. Uh, again, I tell people you don't need to go have a gym membership. You don't need to have uh, lots of stuff. If having going to the gym and knowing that, hey, I'm spending uh, this amount per month, I have to actually use this membership mm -hmm. works for you and that will help keep you going, that's great. Having somebody about your own uh, fitness level who you uh, exercise with can be a big boon. Uh, one of our nurses at the clinic uh, goes out for a morning walk with a friend uh, on her street and that helps make sure she gets up and gets moving in the morning uh, because her friend is waiting mm -hmm. and her friend probably has the same thing. So having somebody with who you exercise is great, but if you don't have that, you don't have to have that and you don't have to uh, uh, try and uh, bear your uh, less than uh, athletic body in front of a whole bunch of 20-year-olds uh, uh, that uh, have uh, never not worked out a day in their life. Sure, yeah, so lots of options. I love that. Thank you for going over some of those. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605 692 1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. 
If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet. Eat more fresh fruits and vegetables, lean protein, and whole grain. Aim for a healthy weight. If you're overweight, even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar. Get physical activity. Try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity, such as brisk walking. Manage your ABCs. A, your A1C test. B, keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90. And C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697 9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and today we have Dr. Kenrick Malmberg here to answer our medical questions. If you have a question, give us a call at 605 692 1430. Dr. Momberg has been giving us some excellent advice when it comes to staying moving and the many health benefits that come with that and some simple ways we can kind of ease into things and work at our level. Uh, Dr. Momberg, you were mentioning during the break the importance of balance and being able to balance on one leg. And then Bob tested it out for us while we were on break here. It failed. (laughs) Oh, dear. Well, actually, this is uh, something, and I do want to preface this by saying uh please when you're trying this at home make sure you have uh something to uh grab onto in case you do fail this test but um this was a uh test published in the british journal of sports medicine uh this last june and it was a simple thing if you're middle-aged or older and i think at 63 i qualify as middle-aged i'm not going to say older um but uh being able to stand up on one leg for 10 seconds uh, if you cannot do that, you are four times as likely to uh, die within the seven years after than somebody who can do that. Uh, so this is a measurement of your balanceability, also obviously of your strength um, and your uh, endurance. So it is a very simple test uh, that you can do. And if you fail this test, uh, rather than going, oh, my gosh, I better plan my funeral, uh, please go out and try and exercise a bit. So standing on one leg for 10 seconds is the test. So just just raise that other leg a little bit, right? You just right. just a little bit and um, see if you can stay on that one leg for 10 seconds and stand close to maybe your kitchen counter or something, right? So you That's can right. grab something if you're wobbling. But there's room. You, you were saying you can improve this, right? Even right. as we get older, we can improve our balance. Absolutely. We can improve our balance. We can improve our ability to do things. Uh, it is not... Uh, the, now, our uh, ability to exercise goes down over time, uh, and they say about 1% a year, but uh, if, you are, if you start doing something, you can actually increase that. Back in residency, one of my uh, attendings uh, had a mother who was in her mid-70s who decided that she was not in the shape she wanted to be in. So she started uh, exercising, she started running, and I think it was age 74 or 75 she ran her first marathon mm. yeah that's wonderful no record set but she did, she did it. it so we have that capability to improve ourselves mm-hmm. and we have the capability to improve ourselves not just with exercise but with uh, our diet too mm. and i do want to emphasize i am talking diet um 
we, there are a lot of studies out there that are being published all the time. The one I just recently saw, uh, we all are worried about uh, dementia in our memory as we get older. And a recent study talked about the flavanols in tea, fruit, and vegetables preserving memory, memory and cognition. And they mentioned specific vegetables and fruits. What is that, fruits. Dr. Malmberg? What's in it? Flavanols. What, uh, and so what is this that? is flavanols are a uh, one of these new things that they're discovering all the time. Um, they are a an antioxidant uh, that is in fo- foods such as kale, uh, vegetables, apples, uh, and tea as okay. well. Mm-hmm. And so I am sure that within the next uh, year, you will see uh, an advertisement for a supplement with flavanols in it. Sure. And I recommend against that. Um, you know, we spend a lot of money on supplements. Uh, you, you recommend against supplements? I recommend and- against trying to use a supplement to improve your cognition. Uh, mm. For years and years, people have been... Uh, looking for something that improves cognition. Ginkgo biloba was one of the early ones. uh, And I can remember you could get ginkgo biloba in your smoothies uh, back when I was uh, in nursing school. And uh, did it help? Probably not. Um, In the U.S. alone, uh, depending upon who you listen to, we spend anywhere between uh, $13 billion and $35 billion dollars a year on supplements, which uh, if it's the 13 billion, it's th- still over $300 a m- person for every person in the United States. Hmm. And the supplements, uh, the studies that are done uh, were actually not done with the supplements. This study that said flavanols in tea, fruit and vegetables, when I read into it said, oh, people who have diets that are high in these foods had l- lower rates of uh, cognition issues. So they were eating a healthy diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, our bodies were designed thousands of years ago when there wasn't a GNC on every corner. Sure. <laughs> so it's very important to recognize that it's a healthy diet that is probably going to do the best thing for you. Uh, and if you don't know what a healthy diet is, please come see your doctor. Ask them. Uh, their, the MyPlate diet is helpful. Uh, I can sum up very simply and say, Uh, Lots of different shapes and colors, lots of vegetables, lots of fruits, lots of whole foods, less processed foods will help you eat healthier. And it doesn't take extra effort. It really takes little extra money. I used to say it doesn't take any, but uh, if you look through, uh, you'll find out that cookies cost less than vegetables. Mm, right. Those pro- the produce aisle does get a little little spendy, but uh, as you said, there's a, a good return on your investment, right? It is, yeah. absolutely. And you, know, you look and say, well, instead of buying cookies and a supplement, I'm going to buy uh, vegetables, you will come out ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Influenza has made its appearance. If you have not received a flu shot, get one now. Symptoms of influenza are fever, fatigue, cough, runny nose, body aches, and decreased appetite. Generally, influenza makes you feel much worse than the common cold. If you have questions about influenza, call your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. 
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and today we have Dr. Kenrick Malmberg here answering our medical questions. Just a couple minutes left if you want to give us a call at 605-692-1430. This morning, Dr. Malmberg's been encouraging all of us to take some healthy steps in our lives, uh, considering our movement, our exercise, and maybe getting things going again if they haven't been going and also just now dr malmberg was talking to us about our nutrition and uh eating healthy i have to remember several years ago uh, when dr home was hosting the television show he had katie vanderwall on and she talked about eating a rainbow of colors and my kids were watching too and eli says we have to eat a rainbow and so for a while we talked about that and as we made our dinner plates tried to count how many colors we had tonight and things like that so getting a variety of different colors and shapes i think you said too yes that have all, all absolutely different, different shapes and colors uh give us the vitamins the minerals the the fiber uh all the things that we need um rather than uh if your plate is gray or your plate is white or brown uh, and that's all you can see you're probably not eating a very healthy diet i think my thanksgiving plate was rather brown and I will say, uh, I tell all my patients, including my diabetic patients, that you get a free pass on Thanksgiving Day, yes. not the month. Uh, and the same thing for Christmas Day, not the month. Uh, and your birthday, you get to eat cake. Uh, and no, the shapes and colors on the birthday cake do not count for <laughs> sure. shapes and colors. But, you know, it's, it's a matter of what do you do on average, not what one or two days of the year. You're right. And speaking about doing it on average, that's again going back to New Year's resolution and saying this year I am going to, uh, and a really nice thing would be saying this year I'm going to make sure that at least three days a week I go out and take a walk after supper. It's night. You don't say, have to say I'm going to do it on the days when it's raining. I'm going to do it on the days when it's snowing or uh, the days when it's windy. Well, actually, this is South Dakota. We have to do it on those days. You're right. But uh, for the rest of the part. Just getting out and uh, doing something and making that a New Year's resolution instead of something like, well, I'm going to clean out the attic, I'm going to lose 40 pounds, do something that's very uh, good for you and very obtainable. Yeah, that's good advice. I think the saying goes, there's no bad weather, just bad clothes. So we just need to invest in some really great outerwear so we can get outside around here this winter. That's right. Although if it's icy uh, and you are 95 years old and using a walker, please don't say Dr. Momber told me to go out and uh, go uh, <laughs> skating. Right, right. Yeah, keep those things in check. Well, Dr. Momber, we just have a couple minutes left. Is there anything else you were hoping to cover this morning? Otherwise, I, we'll have to have you get back another time. I see you still have quite a few notes there. But what would you like to comment on to wrap up today? No, I mean, uh, the the thing I look, spent a fair amount of time just looking up studies and there are a couple more that I could quote, uh, but I will comment that uh, there are a lot of conflicting things out there. There's a lot of studies that are difficult to interpret. So when you see something on the radio or on, or we hear something on the radio, you see something on television uh, and it's this new study out or especially it's something that somebody is selling and they, we, they say we've got a study, please realize that you have to take studies in context and that, uh, well, you were talking about changes in medicine. 20 years ago when I went into medicine, uh, pretty much everybody was recommended after age 50 to be on a, a baby aspirin. And we're not doing that anymore because 
the studies weren't uh, necessarily always correct. But I think the studies that say healthy eating, healthy exercise are correct. They're overwhelming. They've been going on for uh, multiple uh, years, actually over a century. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's not going to change. Yeah. Great advice. Thanks, Dr. Momberg. As we head into these holidays and uh, the changes of the new year, this is all really wonderful advice. Thanks for being here today. Before we go, we hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program today, and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Kenrick Malmberg for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people. <laughs> <laughs>